following is a podcast from Echo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. For more info, check us out on Instagram at echo.victory. I'm Pastor Ben, and I'm so glad to be able to spend my time with you. If you don't know who I am, I'm the student ministries pastor here at Victory Family Church. And so I just want to tell you today where we're going before we land the plane. And and today we're going to be talking about God's unfailing love and how he's always going to love you. He loves you right where you're at, whether you're lost, ashamed, or you've even given up on God. God will never give up on you, and his love is always beyond the agreement. We're going to unpack that in a moment. Before we do, I just want to take a second. I want to greet everybody at the Newcastle campus. Come on, Newcastle, let's make some noise. It's to, th- this weekend is launch weekend. It's amazing what God is doing in Victory Family Church. I also want to acknowledge those of you that are at the Cranberry campus. Come on, Cranberry, let's make some noise, somebody. And those of you that are watching on YouTube or maybe you're listening to the podcast, I want to tell you that we love you and my hope and my prayer is that at one point or some point you'll get connected at one of our campuses because we love you and we just want to spend time with you. You belong in our family. So right now we're going to be opening up our Bibles to John 8, John 8, and while you're turning there, I want to share with you why we exist as a church and a youth group. We exist to help all people, somebody say all. All people realize that God loves them unconditionally. It's so true. God loves you unconditionally. And every time we get together as a family, we gather together to have church. We want you to know God. And what I mean by that is I believe that through through the worship, through the message, through small groups, through the whole experience, that you'll get the tools and the resources to grow in a right relationship with Jesus. Come on. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And and, uh, I want to encourage you today, family, to take notes. Note takers are history makers. I believe that if you'll store God's word up in the well of your heart, in due time, whether it's for you or for someone else, that God will bring that up out of you when you need it, for who needs it. And so take notes because note takers are history makers. We're going to jump into John 8. If you're with me, say yeah. If you're with me, say yeah. So John 8, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses has commanded us to stone such woman. What do you say? And they said this to test him, that they might have some charges to bring against him. And Jesus bent down with his finger and he began to write in the ground. And as, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw stones at her. And once more he bent down on the ground and he began to write on the ground. And, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Then Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. This is amazing. This is powerful. This is riveting in scripture. This is, John is telling us a story of a woman being caught in the act of adultery, being caught in the act of having an affair with a married man and scribes and Pharisees, or you could say religious folk, are trying to get Jesus to say something that would get him in trouble, that would incriminate him. And so he ignores what they're saying until he hears from God. 
only after hearing from God in verse 7, he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw stones at her. We see them begin to leave from the oldest to the youngest till no one is left. And, and not only do they not condemn him, but, but Jesus doesn't condemn this woman either. See, God's love is beyond the agreement. His love always brings us back, whether, whether you're lost, whether you're ashamed, or whether you've turned your back on God. He won't turn his back on you. God's unfailing love, he is, he is for you, not against you. God loves you where you're at. And listen, I believe that God wants to wow you today. I believe that God wants to speak to you. The Bible says that as we seek him, we will find him. Translation. An expectation is an invitation for God to show up and show off beyond your wildest dreams. And my encouragement for you today is for you to lean in and ask God, God, what do you want to say to me? What are you speaking to me today? And, and, and have that expectation that God's going to show up and show off in your life today. So before we go any further, let me go ahead and we're going to pray. And uh, because I, I, I want to preach today about how God, how he, he is beyond the agreement in fact, if you're taking notes, you could write that down. He's beyond the agreement. And we're going to pray and believe that God's going to come and he's going to strengthen us today. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. I thank you for your love towards us that, that we could never earn it. God, we don't deserve it, but you love us. You go before us. And Father, I thank you for doing such a mighty work in us and through us today. Lord, I thank you that you, you're always beyond the agreement. You're, you're always 110%. God, that you leave the 99 to chase after people like me and people like my friends, God, and, and those that are listening to this. Lord, you love us so much, God. So we love you. We're excited for today's service and all that you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said Amen and amen and amen. Hey, so I don't know about you and where you were when you were in sixth grade, but when I was in sixth grade, I had a best friend. His name was Kevin. Now, Kevin and I, we loved playing in the woods. We loved spending all of our time. We're woodsy people. And so we built a cabin. It was right next to a, a, a creek, and, and we did all kinds of fun things. We cleared out the whole area. We made it so it was so homey. It was our place. In fact, the whole entire neighborhood, all 15 of our friends would come and gather together in this location and in this spot. And we had so much fun. And so all, all, even during wintertime, even whenever it would snow and ice over, we would all gather together because you could ice skate in this location. It was phenomenal. So I remember one time around April, it was about mid-April, it was wet and soggy outside. It was rainy and kind of like a, just a drowsy, gloomy day. Like, you, you know that saying, April showers bring May flowers? Like, there was a lot of rain going on at the time. And, and I just remember hanging out with Kevin. And, and so for about two hours, things began to change. Kevin started making some of the weirdest noises. I don't, I don't know if you have a friend that's kind of one-off, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and they're kind of silly and kind of extreme and loud and obnoxious. Well, that was Kevin in this moment. And it was not like him. It wasn't his normal character. And so he began to shout and cry, and he would have these highs, and he would have these lows, and, and just when he would hit lows, he would have these deep sobs. We didn't know what was going on. So about two hours in to this ordeal and just hanging out, to, to be honest with you, I got so irritated with Kevin that I remember looking at him, kind of putting him on blast, and I said some of the harshest things to him that I've ever said. I remember looking at Kevin, and, 
And I know we're in church, but I'm just going to tell you what I said. I, I, I was like, Kevin, you're, you're being an idiot. You're being annoying. And, 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 and I got so mad and so frustrated with Kevin to the point that not only myself, but the whole group of friends left. We left Kevin alone, and he was there with one of our other friends. His name was Josh. So Josh and Kevin hung out. And so about 30 to 45 minutes later, my mom got a call. And, and Josh's mother reached out to my mom and said, hey, Susie, that's my mom's name. She said, right now, Kevin is being life-flighted to the closest hospital. He's not okay. And, and so we, we, we all went outside and we went down to the field. And, and it was a big, giant field that was cleared. And, and literally, the helicopter was coming in to pick up Kevin. And so what had happened is when we left, Kevin... And Josh, they were hanging out, and Josh was trying to get him home because he knew something wasn't right. And, and through this whole time, Kevin began to get worse and worse and more emotional, and he ended up passing out and laying down in the field. And later did we find out that about two days later, with him being in the hospital, he ended up passing away. He ended up dying. And what happened was he, he, had, a, he had a brain tumor that ruptured in his head. And kind of threw him off a little bit and caused all of that stuff to happen and we didn't know. And I remember, I remember feeling the, the guilt and the shame that the last things that I said to Kevin, the last things were, were nasty things, they weren't nice and I, I kind of put him on blast. I yelled at him, I didn't have understanding, I didn't know what he was going through and the pain and what was going on in that moment. And all the way through high school I kind of kept that with me. It kind of weighed on me. It was like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. That, that that was the last words that I had. And when I read John, when I read John in, in the story of Jesus and the woman caught in the act of adultery. The woman who, who comes to Jesus and, and I can't imagine the shame. I can't imagine the guilt and the uncomfortable feeling. But what does Jesus do? This is amazing because Jesus... He meets this woman with such grace. His grace covers the woman. See, God's grace can be defined as everything that God has freely given us. You could say it's an unearned love and kindness, mercy on us. Grace is a gift. And so I want you to write this down. This is my first point for today if you're taking notes. Number one is this. If he did it for her, he'll do it for me. If he did it for her, he'll do it for you. See, my, my friend Kevin, who had a brain tumor, I, I left him there because I thought he was being silly and annoying and I was rude and I was nasty. And I had that guilt, I had that shame all through high school and I couldn't forgive myself. But if he did it for her, he'll do it for me. See, Jesus forgave her, just like Jesus forgave me. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. See, you can't earn God's grace. You can't, you can't earn God's love and, and, and his forgiveness and his mercy. You can't earn it. It's only something that we can receive. Like, like much like when somebody gives you a gift, what do you do? You hold out your hand and you receive the free gift and you say, thank you. Thank you for the gift. There's nothing that you can do that will disqualify you or separate you from God's love. Period. 
The Bible says in Romans 8.38, it says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor our fears or for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And I'm sure everybody in this room has had a, had a thought like this, like, you know, God, God could never forgive me for that. Or if God only knew what, what, what I really did or, or uh, you know, if I could just really earn back God's love, if I could, if I could, just, if I could just get back in right standing with God and, and earn God's love and forgiveness. Listen, nothing you have ever done or will ever do will disqualify you from God's grace and God's love and his mercy. God, God loves you, period. You got to learn to receive his grace by believing it. And sometimes you might even need to say, God, I receive your grace. God, I'm not perfect. I'll never measure up like it, but I, for, I, I receive it in Jesus' name. Because if you don't, you will never walk in all that God has for you. If you do not leave the past in the past and focus on Jesus and leave those things behind to set your eyes on Christ, you will never be able to walk in what God has for you. In fact, you can write down our second thought today. It's leave it behind. you got to leave it behind. See, I couldn't leave it behind with Kevin. I carried that weight with me all the way through high school, and it, it was a weight on my shoulders that God never designed for me to carry. You know what the enemy wants to do? The devil himself is waving his bony little finger at you and telling you everything that you've done wrong, everything that you're not. He wants to say, look, God, look, look at what he did to Kevin or, or, or God, look at the things that he looked at like on the Internet. Oh, gosh, he's disgusting. He's gross. You know, or, or mm, your school will never change. Your friends are always going to be this way. You're never going to fulfill the call of God on your life. You come from a broken family. You come from an addiction in your home. You come, you're, a, you're from a nobody family. You're from a nobody city, a nobody town. Come on, you'll never amount to anything. The devil himself wants to wave his little finger and say everything that you're not. The Bible says in Revelations that, that the enemy of your soul by definition, he, he is called the accuser of the brethren. In other words, the devil stands before the throne of grace. He stands before God the Father and he's waving his little finger saying, How dare you bless this one? How dare you grace this one? Do you know where they've been? Do you know what they've touched? Do you know who they are? Do you know what they've looked at online? Do you know what they've, who they've slept with? Do you know what they've done? All the devil wants to do is tell you what you're not. But when the Holy Spirit puts his arm around you, come on, he wants to tell you who you are and how much Jesus loves you, that you are graced, that you are called by God, that you are loved. Come on, somebody. That God loves you. He's for you and he's not against you. It's true. When I was in sixth grade, come on, I was in sixth grade. I didn't know better. What if I called 911? I felt like the last thing that I told Kevin, last thing I did, I was yelling at him and, and, and saying all of this stuff for him being silly, and, and I didn't understand what he was going through. I began to believe all those lies about myself, that I was a horrible person, that I'd never amount to anything. How could I do something like that? Those lies weren't mine to carry. Listen, you were never meant to carry the weight of the world. Jesus was meant to carry the weight of the world, not you. 
You're not Jesus. We have a Savior. you got to give those things to Jesus. Whatever you've gone through, whatever you're going through, it's not yours to carry alone. you got to give it to God. Let Him carry our burdens. It's so easy to be caught up with things that you can't leave behind. But i got to tell you, you got to let it go. Like past sins. What, what, what are past sins? Pa- what is the, the, the word sin? By the way, by definition, if you want to, sin is any, it's like taking a jump shot, trying to shoot the basketball hoop, and missing the mark, missing the hoop. It's missing the shot. It's missing the aim that God has for you. Another way to say it is this way. Sin is anything that breaks God's heart. That's sin. Jesus told her, I don't condemn you. But go and leave your life of sin. In other words, forget about that stuff. I want you to focus on me, Jesus. I want you to focus on me, the author and finisher of your faith, Jesus Christ, the only one that can set you free, the one that has a future and a plan for your life. Focus on me. Jesus is saying, I don't condemn you. I'm not going to lose my love for you. But he did say, go and leave your life of sin. Leave those things behind you. Come and follow me. Why? Because sin causes death and harm in your life. And whenever I say death, I don't mean physically death necessarily, but harm in areas of your life where you have sin. you got to leave it behind so that you can walk into the future that God has for you. If I wouldn't have let that go, I wouldn't have been able to walk forward in everything that God has for me. What do you need to give to God? What do you need to give to God? Because I I love this. So when the Lord asked her, who condemns you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. you got to leave it behind. you got to leave it behind and chase after Jesus and receive your free gift, the gift of grace. Leave it behind or, or leaving it behind or repentance is turning your back to sin, turning your, your back to the past, the things that didn't produce fruit, and setting your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Come on, the one that came to bring life and life abundantly. Jesus, the King of Kings. Turning your focus to Jesus, turning your attention to him will cause you to triumph. It'll, it'll cause all blessings to rain down on you. Turning your, your life to him, it, it, turning your life to Jesus is a present help in times of need. How do you do that? It's simple. Turn to him by reading the Bible. It's always, it's always quality over quantity. When are you getting alone with the Lord? Start reading the word of God every day. Maybe it's a scripture. Maybe it's a passage. But it's quality time with God. Turn to him by praying. Begin praying all throughout the day. Turn to him by listening to Christian music and getting yourself filled up and excited for what God has for you. Make this a routine in your life. All of these areas are examples of putting your focus on God and putting the past behind us and leaving it behind us, putting sin behind us. Because God's love is always beyond the agreement. It's always above and beyond. 110%. His love is always going to bring us back. He is always for us and not against us. And whether you're lost or ashamed or you feel like you've given up on God, God will never give up on you. God will never give up on you. And God's love is unfailing. And he always loves you where you're at.
So right now as we wrap up service, I'm going to begin to pray for you. And I'm going to ask that you chase after God with everything you got. And I promise you that if you put your hope in the Lord, he won't let you down. He won't let you down. God is for you. He's not against you. And if you allow God today in this service, God will mend your heart. God will heal the wounds within you. I promise you, if you'll put God first, he's got a brighter future for you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. I thank you for setting us free, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for your gift, your free gift of eternity, God, of, of everlasting life and your love towards us, Lord, that your grace is a free gift that we just got to receive and we got to walk in, Lord, and that the, the weights of life, we're not meant to carry that, Lord, we're meant to give that to you, to cast our burdens on you, and Father, so I just thank you, everybody under the sound of my voice, that Lord, you help them to give give that weight that they're carrying to you, Jesus, so that, that they can be set free, because Lord, you said, come on, the, the Son has come to set the captives free, and so Father, we receive that today, we thank you, Lord, we thank you for the miracle that you're doing in us and through us, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.